Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Cafe, where master business coach Erica Ross Krieger and her special guests teach you how to create true entrepreneurial wealth from the inside out. Grab your favorite podcast beverage and get ready for the Entrepreneur's Cafe. Now here's your host, Erica Ross Krieger. Welcome to the cafe, my friends. Well, today, be prepared to be inspired. We're going to discuss and learn about important facets of outside wealth. We talk about creating wealth from the inside out. Let's talk about the outside today. I mean, we'll talk about the inside as well, but we're going to talk about our finances and accounting. Now, my guest today is a true magician in this arena, and she can even make it fun. Let me introduce her. The dynamic opposite of every green eye shade accountant you've ever imagined, that's Pam Pryor. Pam Pryor is the author of Your First CFO, The Accounting Cure for Small Business Owners, a bestseller that makes finance fun and accessible for entrepreneurs. She's also the entertaining and informative host of the Cashflow podcast on iTunes and founder of the novel new Profit Concierge Experience for Entrepreneurs. An entrepreneur herself, Pam's magic is removing once and for all the frustration, fear, overwhelm, and tired old money stories that handicap so many of us in our businesses, delivering finance a new way, built specifically to serve entrepreneurs, but founded on 30 years of Fortune 50 and private equity financial leadership experience. With her company, Profit Concierge, Pam's committed to transforming entrepreneurial finance and accounting from nightmare to best friend and has been described as everything from CFO quarterback to financial fairy godmother to friend in the foxhole. And she is indeed all of those things. And I'm proud to call her my friend. Welcome, Pam Pryor. Thank you so much. I couldn't be happier to be here, Erica. Oh, I just can't wait till we talk about all this financial accounting stuff. Me too, because I am a proponent of the fact that finance is fun. And part of our job here is to try and make it that way for people so they don't go running for the hills when they hear, ah, a finance podcast. Oh, no. So I'm going to start off with this one. I have heard you and my listeners have not mentioned the idea of the 67% entrepreneur. <laughs> Tell us all about that. Yeah, so we call it the 67% entrepreneur, the 67% CEO. And what we're talking about here is, we're really going to back up a step because it all comes down to showing up, right? So if you kind of put in your head a personal goal you've had over the last, I don't know, just look over the last year, pick a personal goal that you set and achieved and put that in your head. Okay. And whether it's, you know, weight loss or buying new technology or whatever it is you want to invest in, there's some goal you set. And if you achieved it, you showed up day in and day out for the hard bits. So that when you had to do things like choose between, I don't know, a donut and a protein bar or, you know, playing with your phone or holding your kid's hand and looking them in the eye and having a conversation with them. You know, whatever it was, you made the decisions that involved moving forward the goal you were working on. So it was weight loss, you picked the protein bar. If it's family relationships, you picked the kid. And sometimes those things are hard to do. But what entrepreneurs do that's different is they show up for the hard bits. 
What we found, however, is that most businesses, you can pretty much summarize them in three major components. And we say 33% is kind of your super sauce, right? Your super whatever, your superpower, your special sauce. I combine them apparently into super sauce now, which should be the new term, apparently. <laughs> That's where you do your magic. That's the operations of your business, right? In my case, I'm a, a finance geek, so it's how I serve my clients up their finance stuff. Okay. Then there's the other next third, the next 33% or 34%, which is marketing. That's kind of the, that sexy fun stuff where you go out and you attract clients one way or another. You know, you're doing marketing and sales. And the third piece, that last 33%, is the finance piece. And people tend to jump into the operations because that's their special sauce, right? They tend to jump into the marketing because that's kind of fun and you can experiment with it. But they avoid this finance piece. So we call folks like that the 67% CEOs for no fault of their own. And it's a difference between really a hobbyist and a business owner. Right. If you're a business owner, you have to dive into that finance piece. So why don't we? Why do we have so many 67 percent entrepreneurs out there who don't look at that finance piece? Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I have talked to thousands of entrepreneurs now since I started this work. And it really comes down to four things. And two of them are mindset based and two of them are just tactical things. And the two mindset-based ones, as you can imagine, are the hardest to overcome. And the two tactical ones really just take a blueprint and a plan to overcome them. So I, the, the acronym I use, I don't know that acronym is the right word, but it's SOFT, S-O-F-T. So I'm going to walk through them here. Okay. The first one is a mindset. The S in SOFT is for shame. Because we all have shame about our finances. And what I tend to do in a large room, Erica, and, you know, I would, you know, tell your viewers to do this as well, is think about that thing you've done with your finances that you think is the most embarrassing, humiliating thing anybody could ever do with finances. And get that in your head. You wasted money on training you never used, or you lent money to somebody who never paid it back. You priced something so low that you ended up, you know, giving away the farm on doing something, you know, you name it, we've all got one. But what I tell my audience is just to do, once you have that in your head, look around you at every other entrepreneur in the room for, or listening to the podcast from the ones that are just coming out of the gate with a home-based business, all the way up to the ones that have, you know, seven, eight, nine figure profitable businesses. Every single person came up with an answer to that question I just asked. Can you think of the most embarrassing moment? So for whatever reason, we hold shame around our finances as if we are the only one in the room with a deep, dark secret. And the truth of the matter is everybody in the room is holding a deep, dark secret. So my whole answer to that is let's not make it a secret anymore. Because if we just let it out on the table, number one, I promise you whatever yours is, it's not the worst one out there. Promise. <laughs> and Number two, if we keep hiding in that shame, we can't deal with it. So I always tell people, look, let's just take shame and put it on the shelf. Let's just ignore it. Everybody in the room, everybody listening to the podcast, everybody who's an entrepreneur that you ever masterminded with or looked up to has a story that's similar to or worse than the one you've been holding on to as if there's nothing worse. That's a relief. <laughs> 
So that's the big S in mindset, right, Shane? So I just say, all right, we're going to put that one out of the door. Now we're left with three. Piece of cake. We're plowing through. The finance is fun now, right? Because we put shame on the shelf. So the second one is not a mindset as much as a tactical one. It feels like a mindset issue, but the O is for overwhelm. And that's that typical situation when you're looking at something you've never done before and you look at the whole mountain and go, I don't even know where to take the first step. I don't know what clothes to wear. I don't know what boots I should have. I don't know what the safety equipment is. And instead of saying, let me just take a first step and see what's up. It's like, I I can't tackle that. It's too big. So the very practical answer to that overwhelm, just like it would be to climb that mountain, is to have a blueprint. I don't want to have to search all over the internet to find, you know, what are the right boots to pick and what's the right, I want a, a blueprint that says, if you're a newbie, here's what you do. You take A and put it in slot B and then you take a step and then you add a rope and then you buy these pants, whatever it is. And we want to have that same kind of blueprint in finance. And If you think about the blueprint, it's really very straightforward. It sounds complicated when a bookkeeper talks about it or an accountant talks about it, but I'm going to tell you here how simple the whole thing really is. Everything you want to know about your business and the finances in your business is captured on your bank statement and your credit card statements. Everything. The problem is it's hidden in plain view, right? It's there. But you can't look at a bank statement and understand what's happening in your business necessarily because it's a whole bunch of data all over the place on multiple pieces of paper. So the blueprint just says we're going to grab all that information and we're going to run it through this machine. It's basically a mapping table. I'm going to take all of that stuff and I'm going to map it to categories that make sense so that I can see all the money I've spent on travel and all of the money I've spent on salaries and all of the money I've spent on marketing and I can see how much money I'm making. So really all that bookkeeping is, is that magic mapping table. That's it. Bookkeepers are just accessing all that data from your statements or running it through the meat maker and creating sensible reports that tell you what's going on in your business. Do you think that there are people who avoid that blueprint and avoid looking at those numbers because they're afraid of what they're going to see? You are on to the F. Oh, my goodness. Well done. You could not have laid that groundwork better. Okay. <laughs> so there are kind of two parts to that. One is still part of overwhelm is when they're looking at them, they have no meaning if it's just a piece of paper with numbers on it. So right. the other thing you need to do to, to make it make sense is put it in context. By that, I mean you look at trends over time to get a context of time or you look at performance versus what you expected to have happen as another context. And then understand when you're looking at them, what those statements are telling you. So that's kind of one is the overwhelm. So I can talk a little bit about what each of those three kind of main financial statements means. There's a profit and loss statement, a balance sheet, and the most important one, the cash flow. And just very quickly till we move on to fear, once you've grabbed all this data and run it through the bookkeeping system, which when I say that, it's like QuickBooks or Zero or a Fresh Start, Fresh Start, something start, um, Fresh Books, Fresh Start's my meal uh, delivery system. <laughs> <laughs> Until I'm hungry. 
So really that's all bookkeeping is doing is running it through that engine and creating these reports. Well, the reports to have meaning, what is the profit and loss statement? And here's just a quick little two sentence thing to know what Yeah, tell us. The profit and loss statement is, think of it as a video capture. And it's telling you what's happened during your month. What income did you make during the month? And what expenses did you spend during the month or the quarter or the year, whatever period of time you're looking at? That's it. The balance sheet is a snapshot of a point in time whenever you happen to look at it. And all it's doing is telling you what you own. So it's your cash. If you're a business that sells stuff, it's your inventory. If you're a business that has buildings, it's your building stuff. It's what you own, physically own, that you can put your hands on and touch that's yours. Okay. And the other piece is what you owe. It's how you paid for all those things. You borrowed money or as the owner, you put money in the business to buy it. And it's that simple, really. And the balance sheet in and of itself for a starting business is critical for one reason. And that is there are one or two things on it that when added to the profit and loss statement, give you cash flow. And cash is king. And cash is the main thing we really need to understand. So every single thing I ever give a client starts with cash. And then if they want to see, or as I work with them, we educate them on how that cash moves up and down. And it comes mostly from the profit and loss statement, but somewhat from changes in the balance sheet. All of that, you know, there's, there's a very clear blueprint, which um, I think we're going to give folks a link, Erica, to, to my book, which lays this out in plain English, that blueprint, they, so they can follow it through that machine if they're interested in that. And the second thing that now I'm going to touch on is what you did. What, what if I'm scared to look at it? And that's the F in soft. It's fear, right? We all fear looking at stuff. The F word. Tell me how you define, how do you define fear? What is fear? Uh, well, you know, I've done it lots of different ways, but the, the false evidence appearing real is my favorite acronym. It's just that. Is that great? I just false love that. evidence appearing real. Yeah, because in this particular case, the false evidence is what we make up in our head because we have no real information. Right. Right. So the way that we can avoid false evidence appearing real, and in this case, what it really means is I'm making stuff up because I don't have any evidence, Yep. is to give us information. You feel that what I find fear is, fear is when I don't know something. I'm scared of what I don't know is going to happen. Yep. And, and a lot of times in place of not knowing, I create the worst case. Right. I make up a story of like doom and gloom. Right. Like it's an ant and I've imagined a bear kind of thing. Right. So the way that in finance we overcome fear is to actually remove the unknown. So let's just say what happens to fear if you do know where your next step is going to take you with your finances. So whether your situation is absolutely horrible when we look at it in in your mind, your definition of horrible, right? We never judge because everybody's got, there could be somebody who has $3 million of debt and say, hey, I'm in a great financial position. And there can be somebody else who's literally struggling with a zero bank balance but has positive net worth who says, oh my God, I'm a financial mess. And I've seen both of those. So horrible financial situation is in the eye of the beholder themselves, not anybody else's. But 
if you strip away the unknown, you'll see there's nothing to fear. There's just a plan, right? No matter what the situation is. So the way we strip away the unknown is with a forecast. We actually say, what do we think based on what we know? Let's go ahead and map out what's going to happen for the next 12 weeks. And there's actually in that same link that you're going to send people, there's a process for this with a video on how to use it. I, it's easy to do when I'm doing a, a stage show or a Facebook live, because I can draw it and kind of show people how it works, but it's really very simple. There are only three things you need to be able to do a forecast in your business. Okay. The first is your bank statement, not your credit card statements, not anything else, just your bank statement for whatever cash account is running your business. And the second thing you need is a piece of paper. And the third is a pencil. That's it. Okay. So what you do is you take your bank balance, you pick a day in the week, and I'm going to say Sundays, and you look at what your bank balance was on Saturday night, and you write that down. And that's your beginning balance. And then you think about next week. And what cash is going to come into that bank account next week? Not what sales am I going to make that I may collect later, but what cash is going to hit that bank account next week? Now, people right here go, oh, there's no way I can do that. I can't predict where money's coming in next week or 12 weeks out. And I'm going to challenge them a little bit here. I'll bet you if you think about next week, you can make a pretty good guess at how much cash is going to come in the door from. You know, I typically make four calls and one person pays me in full. You know, Jimmy Smith owes me $30. I know he's going to pay me back and I'm getting a refund from Amazon for something I bought that I, you know, you can, you can do better than you think at forecasting what cash is going to come in the door next week. So I offer that. So you've written down the bank balance. Now you're going to write down plus how much cash I think is going to come in the door. You're going to add those two together. Okay. That's how much cash is going to be available to you next week. So far, so good. Now I want you to list how much cash is going to leave that bank account next week. Now, by this, I don't mean I'm going to go use my credit card for something because that doesn't matter. Cash isn't leaving your account if you're using your credit card. What it means is, oh, right, I have to PayPal my assistant next week, $300. I have to uh, pay my credit card bill next week, $400. And I have to, you know, I don't know, I'm going to have bank fees, $15 next week because they happen every month. A good way to get a feel for this is to just look at your last two or three months bank statements and see what kind of expenses come out. And you'll find that they probably range around the same time of each month. So you write those down. So you put your bank balance down. You put what you think you're going to get. You put what you think you're going to spend. You subtract what you think you're going to spend. Voila, you've just forecast what your bank balance is at the end of next week. You've done it. Now, Next challenge I have is now go do that for the second week out. You've got your new ending bank balance at the end of the next week. Let's go do that for the second week. Yes, it's going to be harder. Absolutely, it's going to be harder. But give it a shot and do it for the third week and the fourth week and do it all the way out for 12 weeks. Now, the first time you do this exercise, it's going to take you an hour or so. And it, yep, it's, you got to suffer through the hour the first time. But here's the magic right? The magic is next week when you sit down to do this, you're going to look at what you actually made and what you actually spent this week and uh -huh. compare it to what you thought you were going to do. And when you do that, you've learned something about your business. 
So now you can go make those next 11 weeks and add a 12th week even better of a forecast. Because the really interesting thing about all this, when you do it that first week, the one thing I can tell you about that forecast with 1,000% certainty, it's going to be dead dog wrong. But next week when you put the actuals in, you've learned a little something about your business that you wouldn't have learned before. So it's really just starting. I mean, just sitting down and doing the first one. And I promise every single person that's taking me up on this challenge has come back with a positive, if they've done it, has come back with a positive check. If you do this, and if you do it for 12 weeks, you will absolutely find a place where you can save money or make more money in your business as a result of just this exercise. Guaranteed. That's powerful. So, and we will include it in the link. I'll mention it several times. Is that the starter kit? Mm-hmm. Okay, The great. book's in the starter kit. The, the template to do this finance forecasting, forecasting is in the starter kit. And there's a link to a video walking through what I just did using the spreadsheet that I have in there very plainly. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure. All right. So that's fear. Is that the F? That's the F in fear. Once you can look down that 12-week pathway, you're going, oh, okay, there's nothing to fear. I've just got to do these things. I can see now in week eight, if I don't do something, I run out of cash. So what am I going to do? Well, I need to ratchet up my sales or I need to slow down my expenses a little bit. And all of a sudden, you can patch that hole that's eight weeks out instead of tripping on it eight weeks from now. This is the cool thing about a forecast that lets you see ahead you know the game shoots and ladders? Oh, I remember that. Sure. Yeah, I think in Canada they call it snakes and ladders. I think that's what they call it. And what, what forecasting does is it lets you aim at the shoot at the ladders and steer away from the shoots ahead of time. Whereas if you don't have this forecast, no wonder you're living in fear. You're taking the next step and you have no idea. You're kind of rolling the dice like you do in the game. And I don't know what I'm going to hit. But the forecast just clears out all that chance and lets you do something to prepare for whatever's coming. You don't want to miss the opportunities either. It's not just avoiding obstacles, right? Right. It, that's really powerful stuff. Yeah. So the last one, the T in, in uh, I'm taking a long-winded time to answer your question, but I just feel Oh, so oh no, I, I think it's great. So yeah, tell us about T. Yeah, so the T is time. And no entrepreneur has time for anything. So if you're like me, when you get a piece of paper with a bunch of numbers on it and you look at it, it doesn't immediately make sense to you or have relevance. It kind of, and this is what happens to a lot of people's profit and loss statements, right? They go in the drawer and you go, yep, yep, I'm going to get to that next week. And then next month, the next one comes, it goes in the drawer. Yeah, I'll get to that next week. And they just pile up and they're meaningless. Who has time to try and figure out what this thing says? But What I say to anybody I talk to is if you ever get a piece of paper with a number on it from your bookkeeper, your accountant, your bookkeeping system, yourself, if there's ever a piece of paper with a number on it that you can't actively connect to something you do in your business, then it's a meaningless piece of paper. So what we do is we say, hey, let's connect the dots here. When I get this piece of paper and I see income, what are the, I call them business levers that I have that affect income? Well, a really cool thing with income, they're kind of only two. Quantity, how much did I sell? And price, how much did I sell it for? So you know if you're looking at that number, it's made up of those two things. 
And if you want to change that number, you got to move one of those levers. Oh, that's such a great way of looking at that, right? It's so simple. Yeah. And that's, but, but my profession is guilty of making it complicated and, and making it seem complicated. But that's what, it, but then, so what, what you can do, and the book again covers what all these levers are, you actually work your way through that profit and loss statement and understand, okay, to move that number, I have these levers. My marketing spend does this. If I increase my ad spend, what happens to my revenue? If I add a person, what happens to my expenses? So once those numbers become meaningful to you because they've been set up for you the way you think about your business, which is the key here, once they're set up the way you think about your business, that paper now has meaning and you have all the time in the world for it because it's a key piece of information in how you run your business. So that's my soft, my little soft lecture. That's a really great one. All right. So I'm going to ask you this one. So you say that you make finance fun and your clients, which we know are small business owners, actually agree with you. I'm guessing that some of my listeners and the rest of the world might not see it that way. So go figure. Right. So let's see if we can answer this one. What's the most important thing that one of our listeners here in the cafe can do to make finance fun in their business? This is awesome. Can I give two answers, a philosophical one and a practical one? Of course, we have time. Cool. So the philosophical one is, if we're in business, we're in it for some sort of personal financial goal. Now. That goal may be altruistic. That goal may be taking care of your family. That goal may be a bigger house. That goal may be retirement. Whatever that goal is, even not-for-profits are in business to accomplish something, right? Some sort of financial success is required out of this venture. Given that, the first thing I'd say is recognize that as a business owner. If you are 100% CEO, and not a 67% CEO, you are doing this thing for personal financial success in a business. Connect to that, own it, it's good. Because the more personally financially successful you are, the more you can serve your passions. And your passions, how you give back, how you interact with your family, how you grow other businesses to have even a wider impact. So that's the first thing is don't work business in a vacuum, think about it in terms of how it provides and feeds into your personal financial success. The second thing is they're very practical. I'm not sure at what point along the continuum people are on, on your podcast, but if they're still running your business out of your personal checking account, time to pull them apart. Set yourself up a business checking account. And it's not just to say you have one. There's a real psychological change that happens when you take that step. You become a business owner because now you own a business checking account and you're running all of your business stuff through it. And that becomes critical to the blueprint working, to forecasting working, and all of that. That's not to say you can't still have personal plans and forecasts, but separate that checking account. The second is think really hard about your cash flow assumptions. What do you think you're going to be making and spending over the next 12 weeks? If you've been scared to think about that, do the exercise in that in the kit that's going to be advertised down here or put down here. It's free. There's no, there's nothing. You just 
go get it and use it. And it's very self-explanatory. And then update that thing once a week for 12 weeks. And I promise you're going to find some sort of value that you can immediately take back into your business from that exercise. And that's the first step at finances fun because you're learning that this isn't just numbers on a piece of paper. This is real information that makes, helps me meet my objectives in the business. That's awesome information. I had to tell people listening to, at some point, Pam and I are going to do something together because with what she knows and the EFT topping stuff I do to help clear blocks, we could be a, a dynamo combination. But Pam, I am so happy and grateful that you stopped by today and shared that with us and can't thank you enough for your time. Maybe we'll even do more an, another time. I, I know that you can talk a lot more about, about this. <laughs> I uh, thank you so much. I can't wait for the universe to show us how you and I are going to work together because I know it's coming. I, so do I. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for coming by the cafe today. And I am going to talk to the community here for a sec. Wealthies, never forget that success is in your nature and that true wealth is created from the inside out. A lot like Pam taught us here. Again, special thanks to our guest, Pam Pryor. All of her information, including access to her Profit Concierge Starter Kit, will be right here in the show notes. Okay, podcast team, go ahead, take us out. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur's Cafe podcast. If you like the show, please rate, recommend, and review us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts so we can spread the positivity and the love of entrepreneuring from the inside out. Until next time, my friends, listen to your big entrepreneurial heart. Follow your passion, take that inspired action, and be boldly and brilliantly you. You can get more valuable advice and inspiration from Erica's free Entrepreneur's Toolkit over at ericarosscoach.com forward slash toolkit.